So good to be with you. I missed being with you last week. My family and I just had some time of vacation together, just kind of relax, get ready for the new year. And I'm grateful to Pastor Lindsay uh, for leading worship last week and uh, uh, just did an awesome job with the message. Grateful to Kevin and Cole and our, our praise team for leading us this morning. Let's give them a hand just for all that they do to kick off this 2020 together. It's good to be in the house of God together. Uh, as Kevin said, one of our core values at uh, South Park Church is generosity. And I'm excited today to say uh, that our Christmas offering, which we took up just this past week, uh, I want to announce those totals to you today. If you don't know uh, about our Christmas offering, every year we take up a special offering that we give 100% of it away. Uh, and we do this to give Jesus a birthday present because Christmas is Jesus' birthday, and this is our way of honoring Jesus. And so we prayerfully select two ministries that we think are doing God's work in the world. We take up a Christmas offering, and we split the money in half, and we give it to them, and we, we offer them our blessing and, and what they're doing. So this year, uh, our two ministries that we're supporting, one of them is New Story Church. It's another church, a Methodist church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, they do great work with the poor people in the community of Winston-Salem. They're going to get half of our Christmas offering. The other half is going to go to a nonprofit group called RIP Medical Debt. The RIP stands for Rest in Peace Medical Debt. And what they do is they go up and they buy up medical debt from hospitals and from doctors, uh, from people who can't afford to pay it back, that are just paralyzed by their medical debt, making less than two times poverty level here in the United States, and they totally abolish their medical debt. And so they'll get a letter uh, from this group, RIP Medical Debt, that says South Park Church, a church who believes in Jesus Christ, loves God so much that they've abolished your debt. Uh, and so those are the two ministries that we're giving to. Uh, our total uh, that we received uh, so far, we can still receive offerings, $46,000. And so uh, let's give God some praise and thanks for that. Yeah, that is amazing. Like, so we, we give our normal money to the church to support the ministries of the church. Many of us are giving to a capital campaign that's building the new campus that you've seen. This is a third ask on top of that. I'm just so proud to be your pastor. I mean, $46,000, that is tremendous. So $23,000 will go to New Story Church. That's going to feed a lot of stomachs and a lot of souls. $23,000 to RIP medical debt. And the way that they buy up medical debt, it's $100 for a dollar. Uh, and so our, our money goes far with that. We also have an anonymous donor somewhere in America that's going to match our $23,000 if we give it to the Appalachia region of America, which we're going to do because Western North Carolina is included in that. So bottom line, what that $23,000, that half of our Christmas offering does, we'll forgive $4,600,000 of real medical debt. You made that possible. $4,600,000 with just half of our offering. So praise God. I am so proud to be the pastor of such a generous church who loves God and loves people so much. As Kevin also said, we're kicking off a new series on prayer. Uh, staff and I thought a lot about this, prayed a lot about what to kick off the new year with, and prayer seems the perfect choice. Uh, 2020 is a new year. Uh, we had some good things and bad things happen to all of us in 2019. 2020 is going to be the same. There's going to be some awesome things. There's going to be some challenging things that are coming our way. And so what better way than to talk about a relationship with God, conversation with God, talking to God, listening to God. What do we do? Why do we do that? How do we do that? So we're going to start off this year on our knees talking to God and listening to God. And so 
That's, that's the best thing that we thought we could do. So I'm excited to get started. Now, if I seem a little bit groggy this morning, please forgive me. Uh, my son Luke uh, turned 12 over the weekend. Uh, yeah, he did. It's awesome. And we're excited for that. Uh, we had his birthday party yesterday and had a sleepover. We had a house full of boys and uh, they're here today in the sanctuary. Guys, we're glad you're here today. And so uh, we spent most of last night doing indoor snowball fights, uh, playing football, basketball, playing video games, uh, watching NFL playoffs, uh, and sleeping absolutely zero. So, uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun, so I might be a little bit groggy. But, you know, I'm really grateful to God because he has given my boys great friends. Uh, and that is very important in life, who you hang out with, who your friends are that influences who you are. And so I'm glad that God is bringing fine young men uh, and women into my boys' lives to be friends. And this group of boys that are here today, guys, I'm proud of you and thank you for being friends to Luke and Nathan. Uh, And we're glad that you're here today. I would like to ask all of us in that spirit to be thinking about friends in our lives, to think about the different kinds of friends we have. Maybe if you're like me, I have different kinds of friends in, in my life. Uh, I have some friends that when I talk to them, they're able to dominate the conversation. Uh, and they talk a lot about themselves, and, and they don't really ask me how I'm doing or how my family's doing. But I'm glad to be there for them. It's, but it's, it, it, it can be like a, a one-way relationship. Uh, and so maybe you have friends like that. Um, also have friends that, that the only time I hear from them is when they need something from me. Hey, Kyle, I know it's been a while. I hadn't seen you in a while, but can you help me with this? And so... You know, maybe you have some friends like that in your life. And then there are friends in my life that reciprocate friendship. Uh, They talk to me about their problems and their lives, but they ask me about my problems in my lives. Uh, They ask me for help. They need something, but they also provide help for me when I need it. They will be there if it's three in the morning and I need them. I can pick up the phone and they're going to be there. And so I hope that you also have some friends like that in your life. So this week, maybe just spend some time as we go into the new year thinking about the different kind of friends that we have in our lives. And maybe a more important focus on that would be is to ask yourself, what kind of a friend am I? Right? What kind of a friend am I to others? Am, am I the kind that I'm constantly talking about myself and never remember to ask my friends how they're doing? Am I the kind of friend that just shows up when I need something from someone and say, hey, can you help me? But I'm never there when, when they need me. Or are we the kind of friends that, that reciprocate? That it's not just take, but it's give and take. That, that we listen and we talk. That, that we ask for help, but we also give help. Right? What kind of friends are we? If we want good friends, we also have to be good friends. In fact, we have to start being good friends. And so in your life, what kind of friends do you have and what kind of friend are you? And today's focus, uh, when we think through the message this morning, that I really would like to challenge you to wrestle with this week is what kind of a friend are you to God? What kind of a friend are you to God? The Bible says that God, the creator of everything, wants to be a friend to us. And and that that is incredible. That's an incredible gift because God is so far beyond us that to think that God wants to spend time in friendship, personal close relationship with us, that's unthinkable. It's this great gift before us. And how do we respond to that gift? What kind of a friend are we to God? Are we going to God only when we need something? Are we talking to God incessantly, but we're never listening to God saying, God, what do you want for me in my life? How can I be a part of your kingdom? How can I do your work in the world? Right? What kind of a friend 
are we to God? Um, because I think that is the primary relationship that we're, we're created to be in, is a relationship with God. I know it's different because we don't see God like we see each other. We don't hear from God like we hear from each other. Some of us do, but most of us don't. So what does it look like to be in a relationship with God, to, to talk to God, and how do we listen to God? And so prayer ultimately is a conversation with God. You think about our relationships with each other, conversation is so important. What we say and how we listen is primary. And so the word that we use for conversation with God is prayer, talking to God and listening to God. And so we're doing a five-week series on prayer. So maybe your question is, well, why are we doing a series on prayer? Why, why are we supposed to pray? Why are we supposed to talk to God and listen to God? Why is that even possible? And so today, I just want to, I dug into the Bible, came up with some reasons. I just want to throw these up on the screen, walk through them. You don't have to memorize these or anything, but just maybe take these in. This is, this is why we are called to pray, uh, at least according to the Bible. First thing is God asks us to pray. God wants to be in a relationship with us, a, a loving personal relationship. So God says, talk to me, listen to me. That sort of thing, God asks us to do that. Jesus himself prayed regularly. Right? He was sent to save humanity. He, he was a busy guy, but he took time out to pray. Right? And so if, if it's good enough for the Son of God, then it should be good enough for us as well. So Jesus set the example. It's our way to communicate with God. We talk to God. We listen to God. We can participate in God's work. God, what are you calling me to do? Right? You're calling me to help eradicate $4.6 million of debt? That's awesome. Thank you, God, for letting me be a part of something like that. It also gives us power over evil. Right? The more we talk to God, the more we can stand up to evil and, and have power over evil. Scripture says that. And when we're in tune with God, right, we, we're ready to face whatever evil comes our way. And, and, and we got to be prayed up right, when we go out into the world so it helps us deal with negative stuff in our lives. Right? Prayer is always available. Right? It's the ultimate Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, wherever you go, anytime you want. Right? God is available. Uh, got another slide for you here. It, it keeps us humble before God. It reminds us that God is God and we are not. We serve God and, and, and God is good, but, but we are not God. It also allows us to experience God. Right? Prayer changes us. Right? If we listen to God, right, we're going to come out of that experience different. We're going to come out of that experience better. Right? Answer prayer is a potential witness. Let me tell you what God did in my life today. Let me tell you what God's doing in my life. When we share that with our friends and family or people at school or at work, right? that is a witness for how God can work in people's lives that they might not know about and that they can tap into themselves. And so it's a way of telling other people about who God is. Prayer also strengthens the bond between believers, right? When we pray for each other, it makes us closer together, right? For people that we like and even people that we don't like. It helps us be closer together when we're praying for one another together. Prayer also helps us succeed where other avenues fail, right? Maybe in our job we try everything and it's not working, right? Maybe prayer is the answer in that. Maybe in a health situation it could be the answer that medicine can't cure. Maybe that's something we need to pray to God about, right? So prayer taps into avenues that, that other earthly means may or may not be able to help. Right? And, and finally, prayer, it fulfills emotional needs. Right? We get to be a part of something bigger than who we are. We know that God loves us, that we're never alone, that God is with us in good times and bad times. Right? And so these are just a handful of reasons why we pray. I'm sure there are a million more that you could come up with. But it's important to think as we enter a series five weeks out of the year, that's, that's, a, that's out of you know, 50-some Sundays, that's a significant amount of investment. Right? This is why we believe that prayer is so important and it's biblical stuff. 
So then the next question, right, if you're like me, it's like, well, how do I pray? Right? I'd, I'd love to do that because prayer ultimately is a relationship with God. Right? And so just like our relationships with significant others, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our spouses, our children, our, our grandchildren, our cousins, our siblings, our friends, our colleagues at work, any relationship that we have, if we want that to be a good relationship, we have to invest in it. We have to work at it. It doesn't just happen. And so if we want to have a good relationship with God, if we want to have a good prayer life, we have to invest in it. We got to spend time in it. And I think many of us, that sounds good, but, but we don't know where to begin. How do you pray to God? How do you talk to and listen to someone that you can't see like you see me right now in front of you? And so that's why we're doing this series. Right? That's why we're doing this series. We're going to spend five weeks on that. We're going to talk about specific ways to pray that you can practice at home. Right? You can do that at work. You can do it at school. We're going to talk about how to listen to God. How do we listen to a God that we can't necessarily hear audibly? Some of us can, but some of us God speaks to in different ways. Right? We're going to talk about the science behind prayer. If God is working in the world and doing miracles in the world and answering, how does he do that Right? through science? Does he bend the laws of physics? Does physics help that? Right? So for those of us that think along those lines, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. And then at the end of the series, we're going to conclude with a challenging subject, and that's unanswered prayer. What happens when we pray to God and we're living lives that are good and faithful and we don't hear back from God or God says no to us, right? How do we deal with unanswered prayer? And what does that say about God? What does it say about our faith, right? How do we deal with the pain and the frustration, even the anger of unanswered prayer? And I'm guessing if, if we're prayerful people, we've all encountered those frustrations of not hearing from God or hearing things that, that we just wish that we hadn't heard back. So that's kind of our series. Pastor Lindsay's going to help me preach this series, and it's going to be really awesome. So I'm glad you're here. So as we think today, begin to think today, how do we pray to God? How do we talk to God? How do we listen to God? Maybe a great place to start is maybe how not to pray. So check this out. So that clip's from Talladega Nights and uh, NASCAR kind of theme setting. Uh, it's funny, maybe a little blasphemous. Uh, and there's some things in there probably how you don't want to pray, right? So uh, obviously they were trying to manipulate God and to just say the prayer so that we can win the race. You know, if you think of God as a cosmic vending machine, if you say the right thing, you'll get exactly what you want out of that. Uh, also a little blasphemous, the whole little baby Jesus kind of thing. Uh, creating Jesus in our own image, like I picture Jesus in a tuxedo shirt or the ninja, right? Rather than seeing Jesus as who he is, we kind of create Jesus in our own image. Um, also some spite in that prayer. He didn't like how his wife had talked to him about baby Jesus, so he, he took the baby Jesus thing a little further with the little diapers, cloth diapers, all that, fleece diapers and that sort of thing. He also objectified his wife uh, pretty, pretty intensely in that prayer to God. Uh, and so some ways maybe not to pray to God, but there was also some, some good stuff in that clip uh, that maybe we can turn, learn some lessons from. One of those is that he was honest with God. Right? He held nothing back. He truly was himself before God. And so he, he prayed honestly. He also prayed in detail. Right? He didn't just kind of gloss things over. No, scripture says it's okay for us to pray specifically for things. And so he, he prayed in, in detail. And he also gave thanks to God. He was grateful for his family. He was grateful for his partner. He was grateful for his food, right? So in that clip, which is, is humorous, uh, some things maybe we might not want to bring to prayer, 
and maybe some things that we do want to bring to prayer. So when we think about how to pray, I think the best place that we can really go for advice is to the Bible, and specifically to Jesus' words himself, the Son of God, God himself. And so when Jesus was on the earth, uh, he had disciples around him. They were wondering how to pray. And so he taught them specifically how to pray. And we're going to read that today in Matthew's gospel. Matthew's the first book of the Bible, uh, the New Testament in the Bible. And so Matthew is a gospel. Gospel means the good news of Jesus. Matthew was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus that followed him in the first century in Israel. And he recorded what Jesus did. And so that's what we have. And so in Matthew chapter 6, the disciples want to know how to pray. Jesus tells them specifically, this is a way that you can pray. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you've heard it, maybe not. But we're going to read that together. And I want you to think about, you know, what, what are the kind of format or what are the kind of um, categories of prayer that Jesus introduces in the Lord's Prayer here in Matthew's Gospel. Let's check it out. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. These are the words of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? We address God. God, you're in heaven. You are holy. You are worth praying to, right? So we, we're crystal clear about who we're praying to, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I have ideas of my own, right? But I want your will to happen in my life. I want heaven to come to the earth. Help me be a part of bringing your kingdom into the world, God. It's not just what I want, God, but what do you want for me and my family, our church, uh, and this community, God? What do you want? Help me be a part of bringing your kingdom into the world, into school, into work, into the cul-de-sac, right? Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give me what I need today. Give me clothes on my back. Give me roof over my head. Give me food to eat. Give me wisdom. Give me intelligence. Give me relationships, God. Don't give me too much. Give me exactly what I need, God. Give me what I need to live my life and, and, and be productive, Lord, to follow you and to live life to the full. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Another way of saying this, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for the wrong things that we do, even as we forgive those that have wronged us, right? So God, I'm sorry. I've messed up, right? These are the things that I've done wrong. I'm tired of feeling guilty about this and feeling ashamed. I want to leave that behind, God. I want to start fresh and I want to be in your will. And God, give me the strength to forgive those people who have done wrong things to me, even when they don't deserve it even when they don't ask for it. Because God, you're a God that's not going to forgive me unless I can forgive others. And I can't forgive others unless you give me the power to do that. Right? This is a powerful piece of scripture right here in our lives. Right? Lead us not into temptation. God, it's hard following you in the world. There's so much temptation to do things that, that are not right, but they feel good. Right? And so God, help us resist temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Right? Evil is real. Just turn on the news. Just go on the internet, right? Just look out the window. Evil is real, God, right? And, and I know that you promise us victory over evil. Deliver us from that. Be with us. Give us strength, God. Help us to defeat evil, right? And that's how it ends. That's how it ends. Now, later on, we've added a few verses to that in, in the Lord's Prayer, which is totally cool. But uh, this is the core prayer, right? So when we want to know how to pray, maybe bring out, bring out your Bible, New Testament, first book, New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. Right? This is a great way to pray. You can pray it exactly like that. Uh, or you can think about the categories that are in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this, maybe this is another way of thinking about it. I'll give you an acronym. It's the word ACTS, A-C-T-S. Okay? These are some of the things that I see that are in the Lord's Prayer. 
Uh, and so each of the letters stands for a word that we can remember. The book of Acts is in the Bible. Acts means our action. So as we think about our action in praying to God, what are four things that probably should be a part of every prayer that we offer to God? The first is adoration, right? Adoration, that means we adore God, right? right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? God, you are holy, right? God, you are great. You are mighty. You created the, the whole world, God. You created the universe. You are awesome, right? You are the Savior, right? We adore God, and we want to make God feel adored. And we do this in our lives with the people that we love, don't we? Honey, you look great today, right? I'm just so, you know, blessed to be in a relationship with you. You're so awesome, right? Hey, you nailed that test. Way to go. That was awesome. Hey, you scored 12 points in the basketball game. Way to go, right? We adore and praise each other all the time. And isn't God worthy of being adored? Isn't God worthy of being praised? And so, you know, we adore God, right? Way to go, God. You created the sunset. You created the mountains, right? This is, this is awesome, right? So adoration is a part of, of prayer. Confession, right? We saw that in the Lord's Prayer. Right? A lot of times we're afraid to say the things to God that we've done wrong because that just makes us feel awkward, doesn't it? But of course, God already knows everything that we've done wrong. He knows the things that we should have done that we didn't do. And so confession really is not so much for God. It's for us. It's to say, God, right, these are the things I've done wrong, right? And we list them before God. We don't just kind of say, forgive me for my sins, right? That'd be, that'd be easy to do. I mean, that'd be a starting place. But say, God, I'm sorry that, you know... I was prideful today. I'm sorry that I was unkind to this person, right? Because it's good for us to confess that and get that out, right? It's good to say, God, I need some help with this. I want to leave that behind. I, I don't want the guilt and shame killing me, Lord, and I want to I go a different path. I want to go a different way. And again, God, help me to be forgiving of other people who don't deserve it, who don't ask for it. But if I don't forgive them, it's going to eat me alive inside, and I'm just going to live a miserable life. God, help me have the strength to forgive other people, right? confession and forgiveness is a huge part of prayer. And if you're like me, right, I try to do a lot of good stuff every day, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't do well, and I need to get that out to God, and I need some help with that. Right? So confession is a part of prayer. Thanksgiving, right? it's a way of honoring God. Right? Thank you, God, for creating me, giving me life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for letting me be a part of such a cool church. Thank you for the sunsets. Thank you for the beach and the mountains, Lord. Thank you for sports and academics and music. Right? Thank you, God. Another cool thing about giving God thanks in prayer, in my own life, like, you know, what I tend to focus on are, are the few negative things that aren't going right in my life. Right? And that just takes 100% of my focus or 90% of my focus or maybe a, you know, 10% of my life. When I start thanking God for all the many things that God's done for me with my family and my friends and the calling to the ministry and my health and you know, all kinds of stuff, right? that list is huge. Right? And, and it, it, it brings me back into perspective that the problems that I still have that are real, that really bother me and I still need to address... Right? That's just a small part of who I am and what I'm facing. And God has been so good to me. Right? Thanksgiving to God helps me feel better about my life. Right? And so thanksgiving is a huge part of that. And then the final, the, the final letter is S for supplication. That's a fancy word. for. It's basically that we ask God to be active and intercede in our lives and the lives of other people. We're asking God to help us out. We're asking God to help us out, asking God to help our family out, help our friends out. Like, God, help me, man. I, I'm, in, I'm in a tight spot and I need some courage. Or, you know, please help my child do well on their test today. Or, you know, please help, uh, you know, my cousin having surgery today, right? We ask God for things. 
But again, if we look back at the Lord's Prayer, it's not just what we want. If we can transcend that to the next level, God, what do you want for me in my life? Like, I want your will to be done in my life, God. What do you want for my family? What do you want for my children? What do you want for my spouse? Right? What do you want for me at work today, God? What do you want for me when I'm talking to my friends at school? What do you want for me when I'm on the basketball court today, God? What do you want for me in the classroom? What do you want for me when I'm in a tough meeting at work today, God? Not just what I want. God, show me what you want and give me the strength to follow that. So A-C-T-S, it's a, it's a great way to have prayer, right? Four things that you can include in your prayers every day. Lord's Prayer, right? Go to Matthew 6. These are just a couple of kind of anchors or hooks that we have to pray to God. And you notice with these models, it's not that we're just going to God when we need something. We're going to God every day. And there's, there's good stuff, there's challenging stuff, there's adoration, there's confession, there's thanksgiving, there's supplication, right? It's a whole package deal. And it's powerful, talking to God, listening to God. And, and I think this is, is what you know, God's calling us to do. So if you think about that, it's important. So, so what, right? So what, Pastor Kyle? What's the point? What's the big idea? What, what, what do you want to take away from this? What do you think God's calling us to, to, to take away from this? And the kind of the so what today might not be the most eloquent thing I've ever said, um, but it kind of goes along with our kind of NASCAR, Talladega Nights kind of thing. Uh, this is what I would like for you to walk away with today when you think about prayer, right? To grow closer to God, make prayer the steering wheel, not the spare tire, okay? I told you, really eloquent right there, right? To grow closer to God, make prayer the steering wheel and not the spare tire. Because when we're driving, right, how important is the steering wheel? Right? If you're driving, it's, it's your life source, right? You don't let go of the steering wheel. You're always concentrating on the steering wheel, whether your traffic's good, whether traffic's bad. Right? You, you're going to lock in on that steering wheel at all times. When do you use the spare tire? In an emergency only, right? Only when you need it. And you bring it out and it aggravates you and you got to put that, that spare tire on the car. So many of us in our prayer lives, we treat God like the spare tire. God, just hang out in the trunk till I need you, okay? Things are good without you, but, but when I need you, I'll get you out of the trunk. I'll put you on. You'll get me through the pothole. We'll be good, right? But God's saying, I want to be the steering wheel. I want to be with you during the ups and the downs. I want to be with you every day, right? So to grow closer to God, to invest in a relationship with God, to grow closer to God, grow deeper with God, right? It's through the ups and the downs, right? To grow closer to God, let prayer be the steering wheel, not the spare tire. So what I'd like to challenge you to do this week is to spend five minutes in prayer every day with the Acts model. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. If you want, you can bring in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. That'd be a great place to start as well. But just spend five minutes with God in Acts every day and just see what happens. Right, just see what happens. You want read some scripture with that. That would be really cool. Just, if you just want to open the Bible up, stick your finger in. If you want to start in, you know, a book in the New Testament, start going through that. Right, spend five minutes with God a day in like the Acts prayer, the Lord's prayer, and just see what happens. Right? What if we all did that? What if we really all tried to make a concerted effort to spend time with God in prayer every day? I would argue, I would say, if I was a betting man, I'm not a betting man, I would bet, though, that 2020 will be better than 2019, not because things are going to go more smoothly, right? Not that things are all going to go our way, but because we are growing closer to God. 
We're growing in a deeper relationship with God. We're going to learn how to see the blessings in our life more clearly. When we get in difficult spots and situations, we're going to have God to, to, to lean into and to hang on to, right? We're going to learn how to listen to God, right? So if we do this, if we take prayer seriously, I think 2020 could be the best year of your life, right? Like in Haggai, like what Kevin and Cole said to us, right? May this year be even better than all the years that came before. Again, it's not going to be perfect, not without challenges, but when we grow closer to God, that is an amazing thing, right? So if you want to grow closer to God, let prayer be the steering wheel, not the spare tire. Spend time with God five minutes a day, right? Let's use that as a minimum target. You can go more if you want to, minimum target, using the Acts model, using the Lord's Prayer, and let's just see what happens. Let's come back and, and let's continue talking about that next week. Now, one more, one more type of friend I'd like to introduce to you, and that's the friend that you reach out to, but you don't hear back from them, right? What do they call that? Ghosting now? They, they kind of dodge you or whatever, and I'm not totally hip on all the new words or whatever, but you know the type of friend that you reach out to, and they're, they're off the chart, right? They've kind of disappeared with the CIA or somewhere, right? They're gone. And so uh, I want to think about that kind of a friend. Um, Laura and I uh, have a, a, a couple friend. They're married. They've got kids. Our, our kids' age, they used to live in our neighborhood. They, they've, they've moved since then. They go to a different church in Charlotte, and, and they're really good Christian people. Uh, they're not ghosting friends. They, they get back in touch with us, and, you know, it's powerful, and, and we have a good relationship with them. Um, and this is one of Laura's best friends. The wife, the mother is one of Laura's very best friends. And uh, she's recently started to bake. And she never did that in her life, but she's found joy in baking. And, um, and so she spends time and it helps her deal with stress. It helps her find peace in her life. She prays during that time. And then she gives stuff away. Like it's her way of giving people like, you know, pies and cakes and candy. And I love it, right? It's like, glad you found that. Glad you're Laura's good friend, right? That's... That's amazingly cool and that's awesome. Well, she wanted to get a new mixer to do her baking with and it cost 300 bucks. Uh, now she can afford this, but she didn't think that she should buy a $300 mixer. And so she went on the social media and she said, hey guys, I'm into baking now. I wanna you know, get a better mixer. I don't really wanna pay $300 for this mixer. What mixers would you advise I look into? Right, and so she had people write back, hey, you should check this one out. You know, this one costs a little bit less. You know, you can, you can deal with this. She had one of her friends write back, say, hey, you know, guess what? You know, I just got married and, and some of the wedding gifts, we got two of that very same mixer and I'm using it, it's awesome. And I'd love to give you this mixer, right? And, and Laura's friend's like, that's awesome. That's so cool. And right, she's saying to Laura, she's like, man, this is an answered prayer, right? God, like he cares about the details of my life and, and that's awesome. And so Laura's telling me about this, you know, as we're catching up at the end of the day. And, um, and, you know, Laura's like, that's so cool. And, you know, and, and, you know, I think people could go in the Bible and you can read that God cares about the details of our lives. Uh, and he, he knows the number of hairs on our heads. And I, I believe God does care about the details of our lives. And, and I think God works in those small details. But when I heard this, I was not in a good mood that day. I was kind of in a funk. Uh, I just, you know, I, I knew people in the church. I knew friends who were going through some hard times. And they were struggling with prayer. And I know people in this congregation who have one prayer, and that's, God, please heal my loved one. One prayer, pray it every day, and God doesn't answer that prayer. Right? It's silent. Right? I, have, I have friends, I have people in the church who they say, I've got one prayer. I'm tired of being lonely in my life. 
and I want to find someone to spend the rest of my life with. I pray that every day and it has not happened for me and I don't think it's ever going to happen. God is silent. He doesn't get back to me on that. And I've been reading about human trafficking and how men, women, and children, millions of men, women, and children are bought and sold in the world. Bought and sold slaves today. Charlotte's number one in North Carolina for that. Number top 10 in the nation for that. Mostly children, like, like young children, elementary age children. And some of these children are bought and sold as sex slaves. And they have to perform acts that are unthinkable 20 or 30 times a day. They have one prayer, one prayer a day. God, make this stop. Make it stop. And it doesn't stop. And I'm thinking, you know, our friend, that might have been an answered prayer for her, that she got a $300 mixer for free, right? After that could be an answer. But what kind of a God gives her a $300 mixer that she can afford and doesn't save a child from being sexually abused 25 times a day, doesn't save someone from physical illness who's a good person, right? Who doesn't let someone find someone to spend their life with, right? What about the pain of that answered prayer? Where is God in that? What kind of a God is that? Does God answer those small prayers and not the big prayers? And to be honest with you, I wrestle with that. And I'm a pastor and I love God, man. And but I, I know that you deal with the pain of unanswered prayer, right? And so if you wrestle with that in your life, if you wrestle with that as a Christian, if you wrestle with that as someone who's skeptical of God, that is absolutely okay. Because I wrestle with that in my own life. And so at the conclusion of this series, I'm going to spend the last sermon digging into this unanswered prayer and how we deal with that, how we deal with the pain of that. What does that say about who God is? What does it say about who we are? Does God focus on details in our lives? And if he does, why doesn't he focus on some of those bigger details? And especially when we see other people who are healed. We see other people who find love and we don't. So if you're struggling and you can't wait four weeks for that sermon, right? I would invite you to, to dig into the Bible. Open it up in the middle. The middle book is the book of Psalms. And what the book of Psalms is... I guess like Talladega Nights, like, you know, times a hundred. It, it's, it's people like you and me who are honest with God. And sometimes those people are like, God, I love you. My life is so awesome. Thank you for the blessings you've given me in my life. And others are scared. God, I am frightened. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, this part of my life. You need to help me, God. And there are others who are mad as all get out of God. Where are you? How dare you? Why aren't you here? I'm so mad at you. And we read that and we think it's blasphemy like we watched them that movie clip. But it's real. And God's big enough to handle that. So if you can't wait a month to talk about this, right? dig into the book of Psalms. Maybe that can be part of your five-minute prayer every day. But I still believe in God. I still pray to God. And I still think God answers prayer. Maybe not in the way that we want God to answer prayers. And I still trust God. And this is why, even though I wrestle with God and I struggle with God, and I have questions for God, it's because God looks down on us and He sees that we're created in His image. And that that's good. And He sees that we're capable of doing good things. We worship God. We give away money to God. We visit people in hospitals. Right? We, we, we are nice to kids who are bullied at school. Right? We do good things for God, and that brings God joy. It brings us joy. But, but God also looks down and He sees that sometimes we get that really wrong. And, and we make bad decisions, and we hurt people. 
we hurt God, we hurt ourselves, and, and we bring guilt into our life, we bring shame into our life. We're going to die one day because of the wrong things that we do. And we can experience hell, which, which means broken relationships, that we're separate from God, we're separate from each other. And, and hell is an eternal place, but it's also on earth. You don't have to die to experience hell. You can be going through hell on earth, and, and some of us are. God looked down and he saw that. He said, that's not what I want. I've got to fix this. I've got to do something about that. And so he sent his son Jesus to leave heaven and come to the earth, right? To be human while he was still God, to be born as the little baby Jesus and to grow up to be the Jesus with the beard, right? And he died on a cross and he came back to life. And when he died on the cross, he took upon himself our wrongdoing, our guilt, our shame, our death, and our hell, and he defeated it. And when he came back to life, he said, I am ready to forgive you. I'm ready to take your guilt and shame. And I want to give you joy and peace. I want to give you life to the full as long as you have breath in your bodies on this planet. And I will give you life eternal. Right? That's why I came. All you have to do is believe in me. Invite me into your life. Say, Jesus, I love you. I want to believe in you. I'm tired of living life without you. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I want to leave that behind. I want you to come and live in me, God. Give me life to the full and help me to bring your kingdom into the world. And so for me, the God, the only God in existence who would leave heaven and come to the earth and sacrifice himself for me is a God worth talking to. The God who would leave heaven and come to the earth and sacrifice himself is a God worth talking to. The God who gives me life to the full, even when I have problems. The God who gives me the promise of eternal life is a God worth talking to. One more friend. Got a call from one of my friends from high school at Christmas, just wishing me Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I hadn't seen him physically for a while. I was just hearing his voice, like it, it brought me back. Like, you know, we've been apart for a long time, but it was just like yesterday that I saw him. You, you have those experiences, like people that you love and care about. You, you live in different places, but when you reconnect, it's just like you saw him yesterday. I think that can be us and God. That, that some of us, we know God, but, but we've put him in the trunk. We've strayed from him. And, and he's just waiting to be in this relationship with us. And, and, and all we got to do is, is pick up the phone, right? We just, we talk to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I miss you. I want to have a relationship with you. I don't understand everything. I, I get angry at you sometimes, but you're the God who sacrificed himself for me. I want to be in a relationship with you. So if you feel far, far from God, I, I would just ask that you would be with me right now. And let's pray about that together. Gracious God, we love you. We praise you. We want to believe in you. Sometimes we're mad at you. Sometimes you're silent and we don't understand why that is, God. And so we still want to be in that relationship. We, we thank you for the sacrifice you made for us on the cross. We thank you, God, for, for coming back to life, Lord. And so if it's been a long time, we want to start that relationship right here and right now. And maybe some of us here today, God, we don't know you yet. And we've heard a lot about you. And we just were scared. We're confused. I don't know. But, but God, we're ready right now to begin a relationship with you. Speak to us. Let us know you're real. Let us know you perform miracles. God, forgive us when we stray. Forgive us when we treat you like a spare tire. Help you to become our steering wheel through life, Lord, through the ups and downs, God. God, we want to be in a relationship with you. Show us that you're real. Show us how to do that. 
Please continue to be patient with us.